squatted down and gathered the blanket ends about his knees. He saw the specks of the gulf clouds flame high in the air. And a goat came near and sniffed at him and stared with its cold yellow eyes. Behind him, Juana's fire leaped into flame and threw spears of light through the chinks of the brush house wall and threw a wavering square of light out of the door. A late moth blustered in to find the fire. The song of the family came now from behind Kino, and the rhythm of the family song was the grinding stone where Juana worked the corn for the morning cakes. The dawn came quickly now, a wash, a glow, a lightness, and then an explosion of fire as the sun arose out of the gulf. Kino looked down to cover his eyes from the glare. He could hear the pad of the corn cakes in the house and the rich smell of them on the cooking plate. The ants were busy on the ground, big black ones with shiny bodies and little dusty quick ants. Kino watched with the detachment of God while a dusty ant frantically tried to escape the sand trap an ant lion had dug for him. A thin, timid dog came close, and at a soft word from Kino, curled up, arranged its tail neatly over its feet, and laid its chin delicately on the pile. It was a black dog with yellow gold spots where its eyebrows should have been. It was a morning like other mornings, and yet perfect among mornings. Kino heard the creak of the rope when Juana took Coyotito out of his hanging box and cleaned him and hammocked him in her shawl, in a loop that placed him close to her breast. Kino could see these things without looking at them. Juana sang softly an ancient song that had only three notes, and yet endless variety of interval. And this was part of the family song, too. It was all part. Sometimes it rose to an aching chord that caught the throat, saying this is safety, this is warmth, this is the whole. Across the brush fence were other brush houses, and the smoke came from them too, and the sound of breakfast, but those were other songs. Their pigs were other pigs, their wives were not Juana. Kino was young and strong, and his black hair hung over his brown forehead. His eyes were warm and fierce and bright, and his mustache was thin and coarse. He lowered his blanket from his nose now, for the dark poisonous air was gone, and the yellow sunlight fell on the house. Near the brush fence, two roosters bowed and fainted at each other, with squared wings and neck feathers roughed out. It would be a clumsy fight. They were not game chickens. Kino watched them for a moment, and then his eyes went up to a flight of wild doves twinkling inland to the hills. The world was awake now, and Kino arose and went into his brush house. As he came through the door, Juana stood up from the glowing fire pit. She put Coyotito back in his hanging box, and then she combed her black hair and braided it in two braids, and tied the ends with thin green ribbon. Kino squatted by the fire pit and rolled a hot corn cake and dipped it in sauce and ate it. And he drank a little pulque 
and that was breakfast. That was the only breakfast he had ever known outside the feast days, and one incredible fiesta on cookies that had nearly killed him. When Kino had finished, Juana came back to the fire and ate her breakfast. They had spoken once, but there is no need for speech if it is only a habit anyway. Kino sighed with satisfaction, and that was conversation. The sun was warming the brush house, breaking through its crevices in long streaks, and one of the streaks fell on the hanging box where Coyotito lay, and on the ropes that held it. It was a tiny movement that drew their eyes to the hanging box. Kino and Juana froze in their positions. Down the rope that hung the baby's box from the roof support, a scorpion moved slowly. His stinging tail.